Hello there, fellow peregrinos. Welcome to the Camino de Santiago Pilgrims podcast, where we talk about planning, preparation, and practicalities for life on the road to Santiago, El Camino de Santiago. So for the second episode, I have decided to share with you my 10 top tips that I thought of whilst I was walking my last Camino, the Camino Portugues, um, that I thought would make life just a little bit easier and enjoyable. Um, so let's dive straight in and start with number one of those 10 top tips. So my first one is pack flip-flops to give your feet some air and kick off your boots when you finish walking for the day. Um, sounds like Captain Obvious, but it's something I didn't do on one of my Caminos and I really, really, really missed my flip-flops. And the reason was I was just trying to save weight. But um, when you've done a 30-kilometer day, 40-kilometer day, it could even be 10 kilometers, whatever, um, it's always such a great feeling to take your boots off, take your socks off and... Yeah, give your feet an airing, especially if you've got some blisters as well. It will give them a chance to heal and you can give them some uh, some TLC that way. So, yes, tip number one, pack some flip-flops. I think your feet will thank you for it. Um, tip number two of my 10 top tips for walking the Camino de Santiago um, would be to take a dictaphone so you can walk, think and talk. You'll be surprised at how good your brain is at untying mental spaghetti when you switch off your smartphone and escape into nature. Um, studies have shown, recent studies have shown, we look at our smartphones on average 150 times per day. And we'll spend five years staring at a screen by the time we die, which is quite scary when you think about the other things we could have spent those five years doing. I don't know how many Caminos we could squeeze into five years, but it would probably be, be quite a few. Um, and that's something we'd probably all rather um, be doing. So, um, yeah, try and catch that Camino consciousness on your dictaphone. Now, I know some of you may be thinking, well, on my smartphone, I have um, a voice recorder. But I sincerely think that I enjoy my Caminos better when I don't have the, shall we say, the nagging urge to look at my phone, look and see if I've got any notifications from social media, emails, WhatsApps, whatever they may be. Um, I find it, find it frees up that cognitive bandwidth for you to think and like we say, untie that mental spaghetti. So um, I'm not saying don't take your, th your phone. Obviously, you know, that will come in really handy if you've got family that you want to keep in contact with and let them know that you're okay. Um, and maybe if you do have to be on call for some work issues um, and obviously in emergencies, phones are a, a really useful tool, but I think... Um, it's good to use it um, in the right way, in a positive way. Use it for what it's good for, which would be the the, uh, the aforementioned previous things. But um, if and where possible, my advice would be to keep it switched off, ready for use in emergencies only. And maybe this, you know, when you're on the road, and maybe when you finish walking for the day, 
switch it on, check in with friends and family and your loved ones um, back home just to let them know you're okay. So I know that can be controversial and some of you may disagree with that, but that's just the way I do it. Uh, I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's the only way, but that's one way I feel like um, I get the most out of my Camino. And maybe it's worth trying for a day and seeing how you feel um, because those, those notifications, it's all about the release of dopamine. Dopamine is, is a pleasure hormone, a neurotransmitter that, that's released by our brains um, when we... When, yeah, when we, maybe when we um, see one of those yellow arrows, that's kind of some notification that we're going the right way, that we're making progress. Um, but it's also something we can become addicted to. And that's why smartphones um, have become so addictive for us. And maybe lots of us don't even know it. So let's, um, let's increase the serotonin, which is the happiness hormone with the walking. And let's decrease the, the dopamine by turning the phone off, the dependence on dopamine, turning the phone off while we walk. And yeah, maybe have a look around at the sky, at the scenery, the horizon instead of at our phones. Um, I know you might hate me for that, but that's just my opinion, nothing more, and my recommendation for trying. Okay, so that's the first two packing flip flops, take a dictaphone, keep your phone switched off whilst walking. Um, number three um, would be make snacks easily accessible when on the road. When you're tired and in need of a quick shot of energy, the last thing you want is for that banana or that muesli bar or that chocolate bar or that bocadillo. Um, there's uh, the French bread baguettes, as the Spanish call them, to be at the bottom of your backpack. So I recommend keeping snacks and water inside pockets or best case scenario in short or trouser pockets zipped up. So that way you can keep walking. You wouldn't have to stop or waste precious time and energy um, dropping your bag off your back and just kind of uh, yeah munch and walk that would that I found that when I did that I found that to be really really useful um, so you could just unpeel a banana and get munching while you walk so yeah that's number three so keep snacks easily accessible when on the road number four um, would be Carry safety pins to attach wet clothes onto your rucksack so they can dry out while you walk. Um, so maybe after walking the previous day, your clothes didn't dry because it was a wet day. Um, and obviously you don't want to stuff your your wet clothes into your backpack and make the rest of it, um, the rest of the clothes or the rest of the stuff inside your backpack wet. So some, some safety pins can really come in handy for that kind of stuff. Um, obviously you don't want to show the world your, uh, your Power Rangers underwear or, um, <laughs> but at least they won't be wet. So it's kind of, um, the, the best case of a, of a worst case scenario. So, um, that may come in handy. Maybe when you're walking in the wilderness, um, that could be a good idea. When you're walking through some Spanish towns or villages that you might want to just kind of, uh, put them out of sight not to scare people but yeah um so that could be um a helpful tip so safety pins can come in handy for that and um, i think i said on the on the first podcast with sierra st Clair that um carrying some pegs too could be really really useful um because those little commodities believe it or not um are like gold dust at the elbergs and again, essential for making sure your clothes haven't been blown off the line all the way to Finisterre. And of course, they will be dry up by the time um, you go to walk the next morning. So pins and pegs, 
two really useful things to take with you that wouldn't take up too much weight and space in your bags. Okay, um, one little conundrum for number five I had while I um, while I slept was wondering what to do with my valuables. And when I say valuables, I mean stuff like obviously wallets, passports, bank cards, anything along those lines. Um, I thought maybe I'd put them in my the, the top pocket. Sorry, excuse me, top pocket of my my backpack. And um, but I've often found myself just laying there, worrying, hoping that they were going to be safe. In the end, I came up with a solution um, to put them into my sleeping bag while I slept. Um, because if anyone wants to get to them, they'll probably think twice if they have to go in there. Okay, so um, obviously you might have your own system, but this was something I ended up doing and um, became part of my routine. Okay, now also one other thing I found to be really useful, and this would be number six, would be to have some spare change in your pockets. Picture this, you've walked 20 kilometers for eight hours in 30 degree heat without a break. You see that cafe up ahead, the doors are wide open. If you've got a few, if you've got a few euros in your pocket, you dig in, pay up and instantly savor that drink you'd been dreaming of. Um, or that food or that bocadillo, whatever it may be, that little slice of tortilla that caught your eye when you walked in the door. Um, and... The worst thing is if you've got to rummage around in your rucksack and waste valuable time and energy trying to find some coins. Um, can be very, very frustrating. And like we said, time and energy become very precious commodities when you're walking the Camino de Santiago. So, um, And that may put you at the back of the queue and you have to wait behind five fellow peregrinos who had spare change in their pockets and uh, got there before you. So, yeah, um, sounds like silly little things, but definitely I think they come in handy. Um, so, um, yes, spare change in your pockets. So when you walk into shops or if you see a vending machine, just dig in, pay up and... Um, yeah, quench that thirst and satisfy that hunger, which um, seems to be um, chronic always when you're walking so many miles. All right, number seven of um, my 10 top tips for walking the Camino de Santiago would be um, break in your boots. Um, I made the mistake of not doing this on my first Camino. Um, I saw some shiny brand new Merrill boots I have my old ones I thought they look amazing I want to buy those um, I'll be okay um, everyone says you need to break them in but um, maybe it'll be worth it if I'm wearing a, a pair of new shoes new boots um, I'm not sure it was in hindsight I had some very very bad blisters that were plaguing me for the first nine to ten days of my Camino, probably up until I got it from Saint-Jean-Pied-de-Port to Logroño. Um, yeah, I found it very, very difficult the first um, 10 days or so. Um, so it was only once I'd broken my boots in and my the skin in my hot spots had toughened up that I was walking in, in relatively pain-free bliss. So, um, yes, do break in your, your boots. Um, again, that sounds like stating the obvious, but I didn't do it and maybe... 
um, if you are not an experienced walker but you are thinking thinking of walking the Camino de Santiago and um, that's definitely a good thing to start and a good way to start your preparation just put on your boots and get walking um, and yeah and if you do feel those hot spots um, you might want to treat them immediately so yes um, breaking your boots that's the moral of that story Number eight, we're whizzing through these. Uh, number eight would be pack earplugs and a blindfold to silence the snoring. Um, and of course, um, uh, something that else could come in handy would be um, a blindfold, like we said, um, to shield your eyes from maybe people that are using torches and headlamps at the Elbergs. Um, they're not always everyone's favourite things, but um, some people do have them. Um, the the um, torches and the um, headlamps so and um, that can be can be something that wakes you up and um, it's definitely woken me up and that's all kind of um, some of the teething issues you have when you first get on the Camino um, and that is um, getting some sleep so um, earplugs I would say are a must in your kit list and blindfolds definitely as well okay so Number eight, pack some earplugs and a blindfold. That'll definitely help you sleep. Um, number nine, one thing I definitely could not do without on a Camino would be um, having a flexi flask. Now, if you don't know what that is, it's a very, very simple piece of, um, it's a very simple gadget. Um, it's like a, just a plastic pouch that fits into your side pocket, has a straw that extends over your shoulder so you can draw water from it and hydrate on the move. So you wouldn't have to take your backpack off your back again um, and get a bottle out. You wouldn't have to carry a bottle in your hands while you walk. It's just a, a tube that comes over your shoulder, um, goes into that plastic pouch that's full of water. And you can just uh, draw water from the teat on that. And like we say, that is really, really great for um, for drinking while you're walking. And again, saves all that precious time and energy. Okay, so number 10 on the uh, 10 top tips um, for walking the Camino de Santiago. Here we go. Number 10. It is drum roll. Um, it's probably not as uh, exciting as it sounds. Probably didn't merit a drum roll. But anyway, I did it. Um, that would be to put some high-vis or reflective stickers on your rucksack, um, including straps for roadside walking and traveling in the dark. Um, quite often um, when you walk the Camino, you might start out very, very early, um, especially in the summertime. And when you're trying to beat the heat, and get off the road before the uh, the sun gets to its zenith. Um, so I would really, really recommend those high-vis reflective stickers on your rucksack, um, maybe on your trainers or your boots, or um, um, yeah, anywhere where it might come in handy. Um, because, yeah, you might have some roadside walking. There's quite a lot of that on the Camino, uh, sorry, on the Camino Portugues. Um, so be aware of that, especially between Lisbon and Porto. Um, there's a fair fair um, tranche of that as well, walking from Porto to Santiago. But between Lisbon and Porto, 
myself and my fiance Rachel find, uh, found ourselves having to like jump off the road into muddy farmland to avoid lorries coming at us, which was a, a nice story to tell, but it wasn't very um, a ni- it wasn't a very nice experience at the time. Um, so, and especially on the Camino uh, de Santiago, the Camino Frances. Because while 500 kilometers is holding hands with Mother Nature um, and 200 kilometers is on quiet roads, almost 100 kilometers is alongside busy roads. So um, that simple strategy of putting those Hi-Vis reflective stickers on your rucksack um, may well come in handy. Okay, so um, those are your 10 top tips for walking the Camino de Santiago 10 top tips that I scribbled down while I was last walking the Camino um, now a bonus tip number 11 um, and this is something I came up with to save again carrying um, to save some weight so I didn't have to carry a smaller um, so I didn't have to carry a smaller bag um, for carrying valuables around in the evening Instead, what I did was I used the my sleeping bag stuff sack to carry around to carry around sorry my passport wallet and other valuables when I'd finished walking for the day and wanted to explore um, out and about where I was staying. So um, on my first few Caminos, I, I had a little um, sorry say uh, a little satchel um, that I I carried around as well. And instead of that, I came up with the idea of carrying um, it in my stuff sack. Um, so um, a body wallet could come in handy as well. I used the body wallet as well. Um, but sometimes I found that to be a bit uncomfortable. Um, and where you've often got the backpack on your back all day in boots, sometimes I found myself just wanting to feel as free and as light as possible um, when I'd finished for the day. And I found that stuff sack kind of just went over my shoulders like a, like a satchel. And it and you could kind of um, you could um, pull up the the rope to to close it as well, and I find that quite secure, and it's really always there, right on your body. So um, that was my bonus tip. So there's uh, ten top tips, and a bonus tip there for walking the Camino de Santiago. So I really hope those 10 top tips came in handy for you there. Uh, while we're talking numbers, I would like to answer um, three frequently answered questions every week um, that I tend to see on um, Pilgrim forums, Facebook groups. And um, we're going to start with um, a question that I've seen come up quite a lot. How many stamps do I need to get on my credential to be able to stay in the albergs every night? I've read different um, opinions on this one, and different answers, but I have gone to the Pilgrim office in Santiago website to get the answer to this one. And they recommend that you need two stamps per day. So just to be safe, um, it's probably best to get two stamps per day, according to the Pilgrim Office website in Santiago. So um, you'd get one, obviously, in the alberg where you stay. And that's really, really important. So every place you stay, um, you sleep, you want to get your um, credential, which is your Pilgrim's passport stamped there. And um, maybe if you're, stop- if you're stopping for coffee um, or something to eat on the way to your your next um, place to stay, um, they often have um, stamps 
um, in there as well. So you can just ask for um, the word for stamp in Spanish is sello, sello, S-E-L-L-O. Um, but that double L is pronounced like a Y in English. So um, you could say something like, Tienes sello, por favor, do you have the stamp? And um, tienes sello, and that may well come in handy. Um, and my Spanish is okay. I'm, I've lived in Spain for quite a while now. Um, so um, I hope my Spanish comes in handy and he's... Uh, and you can understand it, what I'm saying. <laughs> never, never planned to give you that bit of Spanish there. It just came out. But yeah, tienes sello would be a good thing to ask. Um, do you have a stamp? Um, they, they should know what you're talking about. And most places along the way will have them. So good to ask. So two stamps along the way. Um, the other question is, um, does anyone have anywhere that they, re that they recommend staying in Saint-Jean-Pierre-de-Port, which is um, the most common starting point um, for most people on the Camino? So um, I went to um, two sources here. I went to booking.com and uh, just had a look at some ratings. There's a place called Gite Le Chemin L'Etoile, um, and um, that's got 7.9 um, out of 10 and a good overall rating. So um, I... I hope my um, French pronunciation is okay. That's uh, Gite Le Chemin L'Etoile. And I will put links to this on our Facebook page, okay? So you can have a look yourself. Just click on the link. Um, so if my pronunciation um, isn't too good, then at least you know um, you can go on there and have a look yourself. So um, our Facebook page is El Camino de Santiago Pilgrims Podcast. Um, give us a like as well. That would be lovely. But yes, um, so that's the first one. The second one um, that seems very, very popular, this has 387 reviews and 9.4 out of 10. And overall rating of fabulous and that place is Gite de la Porte Saint-Jacques so I've even got St. James in the name there so I'll say that one more time please don't hate me for this bad French Gite de la Porte Saint-Jacques okay 9.4 out of 10 387 reviews I think that's probably um, you know a good bet as well if you can get a place and um, I got this one from John Briley's. I gave John Briley a French name there, didn't I? John, not Jean. <laughs> Jean John Briley's um, fabulous guidebook, which is what I used along the way to to um, on the way to Santiago. It's called A Pilgrim's Guide to the Camino Frances, and it's most people's go-to guide. Um, it's called The Ancient Pilgrim. The subtitle is The Ancient Pilgrim Path, also known as Camino de Santiago. So, um, yes, that's a Camino Francis guidebook. And he recommends if you don't want to stay in the albergues, you could go to a place called Hotel Ramuncho, which has 289 reviews, 8 out of 10, um, and good overall um, feedback. So, um, yes, highly recommend those places. I will put links to all of these places on our Facebook page, El Camino de Santiago Pilgrims podcast. Give us a like, and, yeah, you can click on there. That would be lovely. So uh, those are the three frequently answered questions. Um, you've had 10 top tips there. And before finishing, I'd like to recommend another Camino de Santiago uh, podcast, which is called My Camino by Dan Mullins. He's been going for a couple of years now, I think. And uh, yeah, brilliant podcast. And it, Dan tends to um, has a guest every week and he delves deeper into the their personal 
journey on the Camino and more into the mystical side of the Camino. Uh, brilliant listen. Really, really highly recommend that. So My Camino by Dan Mullins. And before finishing, I hope you don't mind me mentioning, um, if you're looking for a light-hearted um, memoir, um, about the Camino, um, the Camino Frances specifically, then my memoir called The Only Way is West is available on Amazon. Just go to the search bar, type in The Only Way is West, and you'll see my um, my book, my memoir come up there. So, yeah, um, thank you so much for listening. I really hope you've got a lot out of this week's podcast. Um, do go to Facebook. Give us a like. That would be lovely. And it just remains to say, um, until next Friday, when every episode will be posted, Buen Camino, Fellow Peregrinos. Mm-hmm.